Welcome to the Built On Air Podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. In each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern and join our active community at BuiltOnAir.com. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OnToAir Backups. OnToAir Backups provides automated Airtable backups to your cloud storage for secure and reliable data protection. Prevent data loss and set up a secure Airtable backup system with OnToAir Backups at OnToAir.com. As one customer, Sarah, said, Having automated Airtable backups has freed up hours of my time every other week and the fear of losing anything. Longtime customer David states, OnToAir backups might be the most critical piece of the puzzle to guard against unforeseeable disaster. It's easy to set up, and it just works. Join Sarah, David, and hundreds more Airtable users like you to protect your Airtable data with OnToAir backups. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OnToAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome to the Built On Air podcast. We are in season 17, episode four. Good to be back with you, myself, Dan Fellers, and we have Ali Alosa back. Welcome back, Ali. Oh, thank you. Good to have you. And we have special guest, Dara McKay. Welcome, Dara. Great to be here. Thanks. Good to have you. We'll uh, get into his story later in the show. So I'll walk us through what we're going to be doing today. As always, it's an hour-long show where we keep you up to date on everything Airtable. We start with our round the bases of what is going on in all the different communities and news. Then quick shout out to our sponsor, OnToWear, for our backup solution. Then we'll learn about Dara and his story and, and his background. And then he's going to share his product, No Loco. You may have heard of it. And then quick shout out to join our community. And then finally, we'll end with interfaces and workflow templates. So with that, let's learn about what's going on in the world of Airtable. So this morning, I was perusing X slash Twitter and found a post. Uh, shoot, this is not the right post. Uh, that is not the right post either. Okay, here it is. Um, another acquisition. I don't know if you heard about this, but Airtable made an acquisition yesterday of a product called Balsa. And I had not heard of Balsa before, so this was new to me. So um, really good write-up. This is the founder, Paul, talking about um, their products. So I'll show you Balsa. Um, so it's a doc for building software. The founders came from Slack and uh, another big-name um, product that I'm not remembering. But... Um, very much kind of like a notion type feel. Um, actually, it reminds me of, uh, of uh, um, shoot, another product that I'm blinking on. But um, Basecamp, maybe? What's that? It kind of reminds me of Basecamp a little bit. Yes, that's what I was thinking of, a Basecamp. I haven't used it in years, but uh, yeah, Basecamp. It does feel like that. 
So um, they talk about their story, their journey, um, but it's interesting how they talk about like why Airtable was interested in them. Um, they wanted to keep going. They talk about the the market being tight for uh, fundraising and just the challenges of, of the startup world. They didn't quite feel like they had product market fit. And so Airtable reached out with the goal to have them help um, build out Airtable for product ops. And that's kind of what they were solving with, with their product for product management. And so they decided that they could help Airtable with that, with that strategy. Um, so they're shutting down their product. So I think immediately, unfortunately for, for users of their product and they're, they're coming on over to, to Airtable. I think it's a team less, less than 10, maybe eight people um, there. So that was interesting. Either of you familiar with this product? No, I'm not actually. It does sound a bit like a acquihire more than a acquisition, yeah. but it, you know, maybe there are parallels there with the kind of project management space. The they kind of maybe they'll have a smart doc type feature in the future. It's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Is if they could build yeah a smart doc inside of Airtable would be interesting. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So that's the second acquisition. So Airtable is acquisitive this year. Um, Dara may be getting a call here soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So we'll see. We'll see if any of this, uh, it doesn't sound like they have plans to insert this. It's more, yeah, definitely their, their knowledge and, and insights. So we'll see what they can provide in addition to the uh, airplane acquisition. Now this one does not have the name air in the, in the name. So they're not just acquiring companies with air in them. <laughs> Although that would be an interesting trend. Yeah, that would be funny. They could buy us onto where we've got- I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> you're lining it up quite nicely. That's right, that's right. All right, last next one. Uh, we are getting to the deadline, February 1st. So that's days away. Well, that's Thursday, I believe. So two days away from total meltdown potential of API keys. Um, so this is the week when supposedly, we'll see, they might they might not actually do it on Tuesday. Maybe it'll be a soft uh, rollout. But essentially, all the old account level API keys are going to be deactivated. They announced this a year ago, yeah. And so if you're like me, you probably didn't do anything for a year. And I know I still have uh, account level API keys out there somewhere. So we'll find out Thursday where they are. <laughs> yeah, Thursday is gonna be a big day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've tried on our product. I don't know, Dara, on yours, if you have, if you implemented those keys. I know we still have customers that we've emailed to try to get them to switch to our OAuth, and they haven't yet. So I know we're going to have customers that that will be reaching out on Thursday. Yeah, we've had we've had the OAuth available for probably almost a year now, and mm-hmm. um, there's been like a a, a pop up that says kind of switch over. Um, yeah. Only in the last month, though, did we make that like no no longer dismissible. So, mm. um, if they're using the product, or if someone kind of comes back to the product, they should they should see the notice. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, probably no harm there. Yeah, yeah. I we'll saw see. today though someone posted a make scenario to update all of yeah. the uh, 
keys. I don't maybe, maybe yep, I'm jumping ahead here. This is, yep. <laughs> oh, is that yeah, what this that's is? What, this is, that's what this Sorry, person is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little tool. I don't, and I think they, they were maybe going to sell it or something, but it sounds like um, they did a video to walk through. And so they have, if you, if you already use make, they have a way to, to update um, all the make uh, accounts. So yeah, if you're, if you're in make, check out this tutorial on, on how to automate updating all those. So that will be good. Um, but I think it updates to, to the, the personal access tokens, which is still not the, the preferred way. I assume make supports OAuth. I don't, I don't know that for sure. I'm not a power make user. Um, do you know, Ali? I believe it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think Airtable does not want you to use personal asset, asset tokens within third-party apps. That's more for if you hand build a script or something inside of Airtable. Um, but we'll see because they actually do. We talked about this a few episodes ago. There actually are limitations on personal access tokens that are not on OAuth. And so they, they are kind of putting some limitations to try to discourage it. <clears throat> So, uh, so OAuth is definitely the, the preferred way if, if it's available. Yep, we will. Uh, yeah, I might be busy on Thursday responding to, to customers. <clears throat> so if you're using Ontoair, make sure you're using uh, OAuth <laughs> with, with our Ontoair. Absolutely. All right, next one. Uh, this is from regular guest on the show, Scott from, from Table Forums, um, gives a really good uh, um, overview of a situation that you may run into. So this is within automations, if you're using Airtable automations and you have a uh, multi-select dropdown. And if you're using that to trigger the automation, I thought this was interesting. I don't think I've run into this personally, but Basically, if you say, actually, I think this is for single select. If you say the project status is either A or B, and if you switch it from A to B, it will not trigger that automation. So even though the, the, um, the dropdown changed its value, if your expectation is that that would trigger it, it will not because you're switching between settings that are in that that trigger status and so it basically it needs to move out of the that configuration and then back into it and so i kind of view this as like a view it's kind of creating a, a hidden view and it needs to be outside of the view and then come into the view for it to trigger mm -hmm. is that how you look at it ali yeah certainly i think that's a good way to think about it yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the same thing under the hood, you know, yeah. so it probably is the right way to think about it. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's never fun. Like I run into something similar when, um, trying to like convert a date into a text string, for example, like if I'm trying to, I have an automation that says, okay, if the month is January, 2024, put it in this bucket, like add it to a linked record of January, 2024. But when somebody, depending on how you enter that date, Airtable commits that value like immediately. So 
if you put in a one, it assumes you're doing January 2024. But if you're trying to actually backdate something for a year earlier, it's 2023, that automation runs the second it thinks there's a date in there. And then the date still doesn't line up with where it is. But because it's stuck in that, it's hard to explain without actually showing, but mm -hmm. it can cause some issues where that automation just stops and it won't run again until you clear the date out and put it back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta, you gotta be smart about setting up those those trigger configuration. Exactly. Uh, we have uh, uh, Alicia asking. I have this problem. What is the solution? So, what's the solution, Ali? Um, as, as Scott actually lays out here, uh, really, the there's a couple approaches, but one simple way would be to just clear the cell first and make it blank, and then change it to what you need it to be. Um, and that will actually make it, fit, you know, come out of that view and come back into that view as if what we were talking about earlier. Um, another solution is to change it to a cron job, for example, something that runs every 15 minutes and looks for anything that matches those conditions and then loops through them. Um, it really depends on what your use case is and what, uh, what you need to have happen. Um, but those are two possible solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, hopefully that helps Alicia um, with that fix. All right, next one. Here is apparently a new feature. Um, I didn't check to see if I, I have this, but there is now a character limit in the interface form. So you can put limitations on minimum and maximum character limits inside of um, I assume this is just on long text fields. Probably. That, have you have you played with this, Ali? I have not, but I would assume that that is the case. Yeah. So that's a new feature, um, and I wonder if you have a rich text field. This is where rich text gets tricky because my guess would be it counts all the markdown as well as part of the character limit. And so you're like, Hey, I only have certain text, but if it's bold, then it uses more characters for that or whatever. And so you, you need to account for, for markdown. If, if it's even supported in rich text, maybe it's not supported in rich text. It's a good question. I'd have to play around with it. Yeah. I know that Airtable I think, does actually have a character limit on the text fields under the hood. Yes. Um, I think it's 10,000 characters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've run into that. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's some features in this one. They, they didn't announce it, so it's always good. We always like to highlight when people find these without um, being announced by Airtable. <laughs> Yeah, I think she mentions that there is a valid number validation as well. Am I right there? Range oh. limits, maybe they were always there. And, and email. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Range That's limits cool. and number fields. We've had them for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Very good. So yeah, so it looks like they're, and this is just on the interface forms. So if you're if you're confused about all the forms, you're not alone. There's four different types of forms, and uh, um, so this is the new interface forms. I don't think this is available on the legacy ones. I don't think they're adding functionality to the 
the old form views that, that were the original forms. So this, you got to create uh, an actual form inside of the interface view. All right, that kind of concludes. That was that was that was it as far as functionality. There was one. Maybe I'll I'll tease it. Somebody posted in the built-on air community about a feature um, that they had access to that I do not have access to yet, from what I've seen. So we'll just kind of tease it. They deleted it because they weren't sure if they were allowed to um, to do it, but it was not under. Uh, it has to do with AI, and Airtable has announced AI. So I'm going to tease functionality that likely is coming soon to that AI, um, which is regarding AI use in formulas um, to, to be able to automate creating the, the formula value um, based off of AI. And so you can type in your description of what you want, and it'll automatically um, pre-fill the, the formula with, with the text. And then you can modify it from there. So that's a cool uh, AI functionality that, that is part of the AI beta. Yeah. So it's to help generate formulas, is that it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Something about field descriptions as well. With AI? Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. They haven't announced uh, pricing. They're trying to figure out pricing. Like, it'll be interesting how they price, like, something like that. Like, can you only generate so many AI formula? Uh, you know, can you, how many, like, you can only click the button X times a month? I don't know <laughs> how they're going to, because there is a cost associated with each time you click that. So I assume they're going to pass that on to the, to the customer. Okay, that kind of rounds up, uh, that wraps up our round the bases. So we're next going to move to backups. If you are relying on Airtable for your business, best practice is to make sure you have that data backed up outside of Airtable. Uh, that's where Ontware comes in. It helps to automate that process. We back up to Box, Dropbox, and Google Drive. Um, and uh, Working on new functionality coming out soon, so we'll be we'll be showing some new stuff that we're working on. So check us out at ontoair.com. You can use Built On Air as a as a coupon code to get you a discount and um, make sure that you've always got your data backed up outside of Airtable for worst case scenario or for any compliance issues that you may need to comply with. Um, backups is a necessity for some industries, so. Check us out at ontoair.com. Cool. With that, let's learn more about Dara. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Dara, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super excited to learn more about you and No Loco. I've been hearing tons about it. I know Scott is a huge fan. He's regularly on the show. He's mentioned it lots of times. Uh, yeah, it's awesome great. Yeah, it's, it's super cool. I've heard a lot, a lot of people talking about it. Um, but let's start maybe um, with how you got started in the computer world and no low code specifically. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so um, I'm you know traditionally a software engineer, so probably an outlier uh, compared to most of your guests on this show, but don't worry, I'm, I'm very much in the, in the no code camp, right? Um, 
but yeah, I was a software engineer. Um, I worked at HubSpot, you know, a small company you've probably all heard of um, at this point. <laughs> so I was a software engineer at HubSpot and um, they made software engineering super easy, right? And this is kind of how NoLoco eventually came about. As a front-end engineer at HubSpot, they had all of the kind of design and um, the components made out for for me. So my designer just told me what it should look like, and then I just had to look after the logic. And I go, you know, I had to just put the drop down there, put the button there, put the table there, so on. And I moved on from HubSpot. I worked at another startup, and when I, when I was at that startup, I had to do so much more, right? Just so so much more from scratch. Um, and we were also using low code tools like Retool and other bits. And I got to start thinking like, you know, so many applications in business are just interfaces uh, or apps built on top of the underlying tables. 98% uh, of the work is just kind of getting data in and out of those tables. And realistically, the options for uh, the options for controlling that data are very much limited by the type of the data that that is. So as we talked about earlier, if you have a status field on a project, that's going to be a drop down with three fields like to do in progress and done, you know, and um, if that project links to a client, that's also going to be a drop down that shows all your clients. So why couldn't you build an, an app that builds these apps based on what's in the data? That's what got me thinking. It's been a bit of a journey to get here, but that's, that's really how it all began. Just kind of putting those two things together and um, yeah, ultimately building no logo, um, which I can introduce for those that don't know it. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. No logo is um, it's a it's a no code platform that integrates with you know Airtable, SmartSuite, Google Sheets, Xano, uh, Postgres, and MySQL. Uh, but it allows uh, non technical people, um, which is a term I don't love. But so we, if you have a better term, by all means, uh, shout it out. But it allows small businesses to build the apps that they need to do their job. Um, so client portals to help them collaborate with their customers, back office tooling to help them do project management, invoice management, inventory management, um, or custom CRMs for those that want a better, more flexible uh, process than say something like HubSpot um, for a completely different budget than something like HubSpot or, or Salesforce. Not kind of the high level. Um, so a large portion of our customers use Airtable and um, because that's where their, their business data is. Um, so one of our primary ways of building apps is on top of Airtable. Excellent. And did you start with Airtable as the like first app that you were experimenting with? Yeah, so we actually have our own uh, NoLoco tables as well. And that was the very first approach that we took. Um, so you don't have to use something like Airtable or Google Sheets. Um, so we had those, but they're pretty primitive. And what we, what we found was that customers were struggling to get started with NoLoco because Ultimately, they, the, the difficulty was getting the data into our platform. So yeah, we then found, looked at Airtable and said, hey, look, you know, they have this massive audience of people with um, data, but no interfaces. At the time, Airtable interfaces didn't exist. So the, you know, solutions like NoLoco were one of, the main, one of the only options to kind of build a better app on top of the data. So Air, Airtable was the first thing we looked at for sure. Excellent. Yeah, it's super exciting. That's like definitely something that's missing from the Airtable platform is like the ability to create those portals and like have those advanced permissions. Um, so that's it's really, really nice to see companies like NoLoco filling that gap. Um, yeah. Do you have um, 
Like, is there like a particular use case you see a lot of people using it for? I know you listed a few, but is there one that like is more more so than another? Yeah, de definitely for the Airtable customer, it's it's the client port, client portal, or the customer portal, right? You know, mm -hmm. Airtable interfaces is pretty good. You know, all things we've discussed, but where it falls down, in at least from my perspective, is controlling access to non-team members, right? So if you have five or 20 or 100 customers that you want to give access to their data, whether it's to, you know, keep them in the loop with the, how the project's going, whether it's to get sign off before you kind of um, charge them for something, or whether it's to just get them to like pay their invoice or keep track of their open invoices. You, you can't do that with Airtable interfaces without, um, but one paying for their license or restricting them to be just a commenter. So. Mm -hmm. What we offer is a way to do that, but then also securely segment it. And um, what we see people do at the moment is, you know, create X or 10 different Airtable interfaces, and those are shared with the select people, but they have to recreate each one from scratch. And that's a whole lot of work, right? So our, our platform allows you to do it in one go, right? One one thing to maintain, because that's it's enough as it is. And um, just an overall better experience. So that that's probably the primary use case from from the Airtable Air side. Excellent, and that is absolutely huge. Like making sure that only the people that should see that data can see that data. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I, if I can jump in, I had a question. What what's your what's your take on kind of the future of the no low code world? What are you seeing? Trends or you know, and and on that kind of how is AI impacting? your business and future? Yeah, I, I love this question because I think so many people think that AI is going to replace no-code builders like ours. Um, I think quite the opposite. I don't know what camp you're in, but I think the, the goal of AI, in, in my opinion, is to make tasks that were beyond people's reach much easier. Um, and I think that's what no-code is doing as well, right? It's, it's giving people the superpowers to build applications, to build databases that they previously couldn't. So when you look at it from that lens, the two are in alignment. So what what I think is going to happen is the platforms like No Logo, like Airtable, they're going to have no code or AI assistance kind of sitting in the sidelines, and instead of you clicking around to add columns to you know uh, change things to Kanban boards and so on, you're just going to ask the assistant to to do that, and that means beginners can get started much much sooner or much much faster, and um, everybody can kind of move a lot faster, get a lot more done. It's not going to replace the overall interface because you're still going to have to kind of fine tune it. But getting started, making the simple changes, you know, making the asking questions about how should I do this, that that's going to where AI is going to help, in my opinion. You know, along with everything that Airtable and stuff are already doing, like AI columns, AI workflows, that all makes sense. But I think it'll go one step further into the application and table design. Yeah. At least that's where I hope it goes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, um, where is it on your product roadmap? Yeah. So we already have uh, a way to build uh, apps with AI. Um, and okay. so we, we released that almost like 10 months ago, I'd say, maybe March of last cool. year. It worked really well, honestly. Really, really impressive, you know, depending on how good the prompt is, of course. Um, but yeah, kind of within the next year, we'd love to bring this kind of uh, co-pilot type experience to to our customers to help them build the apps. Because at the end of the day, like 50% of my job is just helping people uh, 
do basic things in our app that the user experience, no matter how many guides there are, they're, they're not going to follow them or it's not going to make sense for their particular table design, you know, or, or something to that effect. So uh, helping them do that without having to reach out to support is, is certainly better in my opinion. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. All right. And it, yeah, go ahead, Ali. No, I was just going to say that's super exciting. Um, and I know you've got a demo ready for us, so I'm really excited to check it out. All right. Yeah. Let's learn more about No Loco. There you go. There's screen showing. Oh, you're on mute, Dara. <clears throat> you're. Got it. Wrong there you keyboard shortcut. All right, yes. Yeah, we're back. Um, yeah, you should be able to see my screen now. Right. Mm -hmm. Great. So this is an Airtable base. You're all familiar with it, right? So um, I could demo a hundred different things about NoLoco, but um, I'm gonna go ahead and demo our Airtable integration, right? So uh, before I do that, I'm gonna very quickly uh, just pull up our homepage just so people get an overall high level view of what we do. So in very quick summary, we we build custom apps for your business, right? Or rather, we let you build custom apps for your business. And um, we create custom, you can create custom internal tools, client portals, CRMs, right? Um, that's kind of everything I said at the top of the show, just kind of reminding people. Yeah. Honestly, the combination of things that you can do is huge, but they're the kind of three main cases, right? So I'm gonna walk you through a client portal demo because that's what I mentioned. Most people use Airtable uh, on a local with. It's a very simple demo. Um, and usually, no matter what industry you're in, you can draw parallels. So, you know, if you're an accountant, you're not going to have projects. You might have, you know, accounts. Um, and instead of tasks, you're going to have like filings or something, right? If you're an electrician, you're not going to have projects. You're going to have jobs. And, you know, the jobs still might have tasks, right? So, again, anytime I demo this, I just try to draw the parallels between the actual person that I'm chatting with and the, their actual industry, but it's really, it's really kind of moldable to what they want. So, um, this is actually one of our templates you can get started with in, in minutes. You can clone this base, you can clone the NoLoco app, but in, in short, there are five tables, right? Users, there's people who can log into the app. They consist of both, um, admins and clients. You can see this air table view that's kind of grouped them by, by type. Um, clients, which are then collections of users, as in the companies um, that we work with, right? So you can see that a user belongs to a client if they're a client type. Projects, then, they belong to a client. They have leads, which are users. They have tasks, then, which are the final table. Um, and then, obviously, tasks have name, status, description. And then the earlier thing are payments, right? So um, payments can be synced in from, say, something like Stripe or, or Zero or QuickBooks, right? And you could you could really collect as much detail as you want here. We see this exact same thing all the time, but it's just a very simple way of kind of getting your customers to um, have an oversight over the payments that they've made. And of course, yourself, an overview of the payments that you've made. So with that, I'll jump over to the NoLoco app that's powered by this pretty simple Airtable base. Any questions so far? Does that all make sense? Yeah, pretty straightforward. <laughs> cool. So this is uh, the base, or, or uh, the, the app powered by the base, rather. Um, before I kind of show you around the app, I'll just show you that you can see that there are the five tables that I just showed you and a sixth table, which is the NoLoco user table. Um, the NoLoco user table is the, the kind of source of truth of who can log into the app. 
Um, and you can see that there's some kind of default fields. There's a role field. And then of course, there's a link to the Airtable uh, table, this table here. We've set that up with something called a user list. But otherwise, these, these tables are exactly the same as you saw in Airtable. And you can change the values from here. You can um, move them around if you want. You can't rename them or stuff like that because that's all powered through Airtable. But for all intents and purposes, it's an exact clone of what you see in Airtable. And then that do you, just to clarify, do you map, you always map to a table of users? Can you map to actual users in Airtable? Or there has to be a table listing of the users? Oh, that's a great question. So if you are using a collaborator field, which I don't think we are in this base, um, that will link directly to it in a local user table. Is that, yeah. is that what you mean? Yeah, just curious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so we usually see um, people having client portals. They do it kind of this way um, because their clients aren't Airtable users. But if you're doing it that way as well, yeah, they instantly sync over and it, it's quite seamless. So, you know, again, you'll see these, um, the six kind of pages, the, the five kind of uh, tables that we saw previously. Um, this here is the project view. Um, it's again just powered by a table grouped by uh, the status. It, this is a rows layout, but you can change everything you see about this page, right? So you can um, turn on build mode and you can change it to, you know, you could be a grid, it could be uh, cards, it could be a Kanban board, as you saw, it could be a timeline if you need it to be, right? You, you got pretty much all the options that you need. Um, similar to Airtable, of course, but in your own app. This is where it gets a bit different from Airtable. You can, well, we have projects by lead, but then you can have things like my projects. You can have views that are filtered down to just the logged in user. And that's done with this filter here. So you've got the logged in user, the link to their Airtable user, and then the projects that they're leading, right? So I'm actually logged in as Lily, Lily Nelson here, who is um, just one of the team members on my team, obviously a fake person, but that's how I'm doing the app as right now. And you can see they have four projects in the, in the done and one to do. So I'll click into this to do. You can see here we have a kind of stages element for basically highlighting what stages in. You can click these any point in time. You can do things like highlight certain fields like the start date or the end date. And most importantly though, they have things like action buttons, right? So what's nice about this is uh, you can define repeatable tasks in your in your you know day-to-day -day life, day-to-day -day job that can be automated through action buttons and workflows. And these can also feed into Airtable's automations if you need to, but we do have our own workflows that I'm gonna show in a second. So if you click this button here, you'll be presented with a confirmation button. And of course, this is completely set up, completely bespoke to this app, but this basically says, are you sure you wanna start this project by confirming the client will be notified? So I'll click confirm. You can see then that it moved into in progress and the start date was filled in and then unfilled in for some reason. That'll be the curse of the demo. Um, but you might have seen that flick up there just a moment ago. Um, and I'll show you the, that workflow that powered that. So when that button was pressed, we head over to our workflows. Basically, very similar to Airtable automations, there's this um, workflow here that says when the project is updated, watch the project status field, and then um, send an email to the client, which is the trigger, the client, the email that the project name has been started by so-and-so. Okay. Mm -hmm. Going cool. back. I didn't, um, I didn't realize you, you had that. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, they're really powerful and the two kind of play yeah. really nicely together. But what's really nice is though, now that the task has been started, the start button has disappeared, right? And it's been replaced by an end button. You know, one guess of what this does, but it's a very similar thing. Basically, it kind of moves the the moves the status into done and again sends them an email. You can see that's done and it populates the finish date here. If that finishes. There yeah. you go. I'm not 100 percent sure why they're not loading. All I need to look <laughs> into that. It might be a permissions thing. Um and then um the other thing I need to show is you know there's ways to in no local to kind of categorize things by different views. So or you can kind of break down your interface into different screens with, with tabs. Mm -hmm. So on this tab, I like to separate out related fields onto different tabs. So on this, you've got the tasks that belong to a project displayed as a Kanban board um, right on that project page. You know, So you can see that there's one task left. And you can click into this task. And this task also has a start and finish buttons um, that kind of work the same way as the other ones. Of course, you can make this much more complicated. You could have a button to call the client. Um, we also have things like comments for doing collaboration. Uh, we have internal notes, which is something Airtable doesn't actually have, because they don't have that concept of it. So this would be, you know, a note that your customer, you, sorry, you and your team members could see, but your cl your clients wouldn't be able to see. Um, and it just makes collaboration much simpler, and they're able to kind of stay in the same place. But then the most important part is the the kind of client's perspective. So I've shown it from the perspective of the team admin or the team member. Let's take a look at one of the clients. Let's take a look at Grace Walker. First thing to note is that the sidebar changed when Grace logged in, right? Mm -hmm. There was six pages, there was users and there was clients. Of course, Grace being a client shouldn't see a list of users in the app, shouldn't see a list of clients, right? They're gone. She can't access those pages even if she tried, right? Mm -hmm. But she there is replaced with this homepage and this homepage is personalized to say, hey Grace, you could put your client logo here, you could put the, you know your own logo here. It's all customizable. And it's been replaced with these, what we call quick links. Um, and these links bring you to different pages in the app. They also could bring you externally, like say opening up a chatbot or bring you out to your support page, could bring you out to Stripe billing, anything like that. Um, this one I think opens could open a Calendly, for example. They're all kind of customizable, but it gives customers a proper home, a proper way to kind of navigate around their portal. We see people put uh, welcome videos here and even kind of explainer videos explaining how they navigate the portal, right? So people record Looms as, as one of their customers and kind of walk them through the, through, through the app. But again, um, most importantly, Grace can look at the projects that they have open here. And this, you can see that she only has one, right? Um, market expansion approach because she belongs to Clearwater Environmental Consulting and there's only one project for her client. You did see it kind of, uh, there was more there for a second. That's only because we kind of previously viewed this page as Lily Nelson. If this was Grace logging in, that would have just been a loading screen. Same with tasks. There should be maybe two, maybe three, maybe just one. Same thing though, um, just one task um, showing up here for um, Grace because again, that's the only one that they can see for Clearwater Environmental Consulting. And I didn't show you the payments page, but again, um, there are no payments here belonging to Grace currently um, because well, there's not associated with our client, but if I changed client um, and viewed it as say, Andrew Scott, there you go. You can see that there's one there. These are grouped by status again. And there's nothing super interesting on these ones, just for your status, but they can't do anything about it on this page. 
And that's kind of a real high level overview um, of how these work. Um, things like the action buttons aren't shown to the users, but you, again, all of that's customizable. Um, and you can really kind of do whatever you need to do with it. Um, I think the only thing that might be worth showing is the how those uh, permissions work. So I'll take a look at the projects one. That's the simplest one. You can see on the projects uh, table, we have two sets of permissions, one for our clients and one for our team members. I'll take a look at the client's one because it's client's one is the only one that's interesting. There's kind of two sections, three sections to each permission rules, what we call these. Um, so who should these these rules be applied to? So this is like what roles? So as I mentioned at the very beginning, every user that logs into your app has a role. In this case, we're going to apply it to people with the client's role. Then there's a question, should these users have access to all records? No. Um, so they can only access records if the client of the project is one of the user's client, basically. So a very simple filter, just like you would if you're building out a view. Um, so that uh, immediately locks it down at the API level, at the database level. And then the last thing is what we call field permissions. So you can say that clients can read um, the status, but they can't update it. And you saw me earlier. I was clicking around and I couldn't actually change the status field, but I could of course look at it. And that obviously gets increasingly important for things like payments. So you can't just, you know, let your let your let your client say that a payment has been paid, right? You, know, you have to trigger that through some automation of some kind. But again, this rule here for payments is very similar, that the payments client is one of the login users, Airtable's client. And that's really it. That's um that's kind of the four layers. So I like to think of uh, all no code apps as having a data layer, an app layer, uh, a permissions layer, and an automation layer. And that's kind of yeah. all of them. I was curious, can you show on the on your automation, what do you call those again? Your work your yeah, your workflows, workflows yeah. what what uh, actions you currently support? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, we have quite a few and we've quite a few more coming out. So uh, the basic one is send an email that just sends an email from um, a no reply address. And uh, you can kind of customize that to who it wants to go to. You can CC, BCC, very kind of classic stuff. Unlike Airtable, we don't restrict this to just um, collaborators, right? You can send this to kind of anyone you want, including including your clients. Um, a call to action, and you can even attach files, which is it's pretty nice. So you could send an invoice, you could send the kind of the load, the I don't know if you're doing a marketing asset, you could send that to them and ask them for approval to bring them back into the app. And we have no in we have native notifications as I kind of demoed earlier. So you can send a push notification, you can customize everything from the icon, message, and where it goes to, and of course, who it gets sent to. Um, we have trigger a webhook. This is really popular because this allows you to instantly run a workflow in something like Make or Zapier. Mm -hmm. Right. So on change of something in Oloco, immediately run something in Make or Zapier to maybe pull data from somewhere else, update more records, just gives you that little bit more control if you need to integrate with one of the 5,000 things that Make or Zapier integrate with. You know, While this tool is pretty, while these automations are growing each and every week, you know, we don't have as many integrations as Make or Zapier. So this is really popular. We have the ability to create records, update records, delete records. They're pretty self-explanatory. You can use fields from you know previous tasks. You can use the logged in user values, everything like that. We have an only continue if to you know stop execution. If you know status isn't equal to prog in progress, don't send a notification. We, we allow you to loop over nested things. So if you wanted to send a 
a kind of message to each task leader, for example, when a project has been started, you could do that. Um, you can create comments, you can create notes on comments on a particular record, which is, I don't think you can do that in Airtable through automations, right? Mm -mm. No, not yeah. without scripting. Right, not without scripting, yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, we have native uh, OpenAI integration, so you can basically send a question to ChatGPT, and we have some kind of nice prompt set of the box, like summarize, correct grammar, keyword extraction. Then we also have a Slack one. Um, other things that are coming out soon is a docs automator in integration that we're working on to kind of generate documents and then uh, hopefully soon document and then we hope to add a lot more like around crm ones like hubspot salesforce that sort of thing gotcha very cool the other question i had so you do you support more than just Airtable. so if if somebody's using i think uh hubspot a lot of other systems yeah. But my, my question is, yeah, there you go. So, or you could even, you have your own tables or you can connect to somebody's MySQL or Postgres or even just REST API. That's kind of cool. Um, mm -hmm. my, my assumption is when you create an app, you can only lock it down to one data source. Is that correct? Or could you have multiple data sources in the same app? No, yeah, you can have multiple data sources in the same app, which is oh, wow. like particularly great if you have if you spread your data across multiple Airtable bases or, you know, sales has this Google sheet that they just won't move off. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you want to use some rest API that is too much of an effort to bring into something like Airtable first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can add as many as you want. That's very cool. Cool. So you could yeah, have one page that's your Airtable data, one page that's your yeah. Google sheet or whatever. Yeah. So as you can imagine, we're big, no local users. So we have kind of a CRM built on top of Airtable. We have our production Postgres connected to it so I can like manage people's plans, view signups, view kind of charts. We have a REST API pulling into Stripe, HubSpot, um, Intercom mm -hmm. data. Um, and I think we have some Google Sheets in there as well, you know, and then a heap of no local tables, you know, just kind of tracking yeah. ad hoc stuff as well. Um, right, right. It's really, really powerful. And we, we can automatically link them as well based on kind of lookups, which is, works really, really well. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's where I really see the the power of this platform because you know most enterprises have multiple systems and yeah, being able to bring all of that data into one UI is is extremely powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I love to see the field permissions too. I feel like that's typically lacking in most like third party you know portal apps that lay on top is. You know, you could have roles and say these roles can see these things, but it doesn't get as granular as it needs to. And I, I love seeing that you've got the like read, update, create for all the fields for each role, which is read permission role rather. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're so important. I mean, it's, it's just not complete without those, as you kind of said. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, very cool. Well, thank you for coming on and showcasing No Loco. Thanks, Check yeah. it out, noloco.io. Yeah. And join no, many so happy much. customers. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you for, for sharing that. We'll end up just join uh, shout out to join our community built on air.com slash join. We'll get you in with thousands of other table users and talking about Airtable, talking about no loco, lots of other topics in there. So check us out, um, join our Slack community and the newsletter to get up to date on everything Airtable.
Okay, we're gonna kind of uh, we're gonna switch. So there's definitely a use case for using NoLoco. If you are using the built-in uh, interfaces with Airtable, I'm gonna talk a little bit about a new feature. And during the course of this hour, uh, I was thinking when when I put this together, I was like, I don't think I officially signed up for this beta. So it was, Airtable has some betas that are available to everybody that they roll out, but some you actually have to sign up for. And I didn't think that I specifically signed up for this one, but maybe I did, which means like I'm probably not supposed to be sharing this publicly. So if Airtable is watching this, uh, please don't uh, put me in timeout for for sharing this information. <laughs> but I think it's I don't I don't think it's that bad to um, to share what's what what we're doing here. Um, and where do we go? There we go. Okay, so this is in beta, um, but it, like I said, I thought this might be available for more people because I don't remember specifically signing up for it. Um, but if I did, then then I'm, I'm gonna plead ignorance on this one. Um, so you'll start to see this workflow template section in the page builders, and it does say it's in beta. And basically what this is, it's like a pre-packaged combination of uh, the data layer, the automation layer, and the interface layer, where right now they are um, predefined by Airtable. But a little birdie told me that um, the ability to create your own templates will, will be coming in the future. And um, so for now, if you click on the, the plus button, it will give you options of um, predefined workflow templates that, that can be added to any interface. And so these are, so if you click on them, so I already added this one to this interface that'll show, but if you click on it, it will tell you what you get with this template. So this comes with two interface pages, two interface forms. It will actually add a table to your data layer with four fields in it and there will be um, two notifications. So I assume that's email notifications and then with one automation tied to it. So you can kind of see this predefined combination of all these different um, sub assets that come with this workflow. So if you, and so once this is defined, so imagine if you could actually bundle your own and then you make it available for um, people within your organization to install into other interfaces, you could, you could potentially see the power of, of this functionality. Um, but it walks you through kind of a, a wizard to get up to speed um, on what table you wanna be adding to or that contains your, your assets. So every, every template has kind of a different walkthrough based off of what it's, what it's adding. Um, and so you just kind of go through this and you can set up the the messages, the notifications and everything. And it will actually, right now, it's actually creating a new table, creating an automation and now, and then creating the, the pages. And so now you see pages that actually inserted fake data that you could be playing with. Um, so it's kind of a prepackaged um, mini app that you can insert into, into an existing um, interface application. So it's pretty cool. Um, you can do this when, it, you know, once you have the ability, I don't know how far out it is, but I imagine they're working on it. Um, 
where you can bundle your own, that's where I think this will become very powerful. Um, but even in the meantime, some of these predefined uh, workflow templates are are useful. So I don't know, I, do you, Ali, do you have access to this? I just checked two different accounts and I have access to it under both of them. So okay. I don't know if they rolled it out to a select group or maybe this was like a public, everybody automatically got access to it. Um, yeah. I don't so, actually know. Okay, we'll see. I don't, uh, we'll see. I might, they might uh, make us take out this segment if we're, if we're sharing, if we're leaking private information that's not meant to be public yet. But uh, this is in an account that, that I'm pretty sure I usually, I don't do betas in this account. So it showed up. Um, Alicia says she sees it, it's it in so, mine, so it's in yours. Okay. So yeah, maybe I'm, yeah. it's so maybe smart because it, it's the first time I think that they're kind of letting you add templates to an existing, uh, you know, base or whatever, right? Usually templates yeah. are kind of starting from scratch. Right? Yeah. 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 They are moving to pre now, now, like when you create a, um, they are moving to help you like pre-create so they do have templates from the beginning kind of like this but a bigger a bigger base with with all the tables and everything um yeah so that is a big push of theirs to to help um create things on the fly and get a sense of of how they're used <clears throat> so that's a good that's a good uh tidbit into workflow templates i'm trying to think um what else I can show here? So they, this is just kind of categorizing. So these workflows means like it has everything. These notifications are just notifications. And then these utility ones um, look like they're just maybe like a field that, that you could add to an existing table, things like that. <clears throat> Very interesting. Yeah, and then once it's built, then it works like any other. Oh, the other thing I was gonna show is, um, I believe how this, how I assume this works. So here's my my templates. You can actually detach it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so my assumption is that means that if you were to create your own, you could kind of control the, the, the fields behind it and you could actually modify that at the source and then it could potentially update in all the places that are installing that template. Mm. So I assume if, if you don't detach it, it stays in sync with, with kind of the, the source um, definition, but you could detach it. And then at that point you can make any specific changes that, that you want to, to the fields and whatnot. <clears throat> Very interesting. So, yeah that uh that was exciting to see that um because i don't i don't yeah i don't know how long this has been out for for people to to play with <clears throat> maybe it just came out today it could have i don't think it's been very long i was playing around with interfaces a few days ago but prior to that i was on maternity leave so i've been a little out of the loop yeah yeah and this is cool if you click on it it kind of shows the the configuration and all the things that are included and you can go directly to those pages so it kind of is a good way to organize um these mini 
these mini templates are kind of basically a mini app that, um, that you can install. So yeah, uh, give you some ideas, Dara, for something to explore. Yeah, it's definitely smart. Yeah, I can see a lot of it. Very good. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you all for uh, for joining us today. Um, and that concludes our show for today. We will see you next week for episode five. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, OntoAir Backups, automated backups for Airtable. We'll see you next time on the Built on Air podcast.